I'm Jeannie. I'm Rachel. And I'm Nikki from Tyrion's Landing. A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready because geekiness begins in... Three, two, one... Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9! What? $9? There's no way that could be right. At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over $2 or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. So your father's a nerd. Unfortunately, there's no player's guide to raising a family. But this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism. Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find So Your Father's a Nerd on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Yes, I am singing the intro. As you cannot tell, I am in the mood to sing. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Because we've got a lot to talk about. Sometimes I really wish life was like a musical. Where we can all just... Instead of having fights and wars and all that, we just get our problems out by singing. Like they did back in the old days where they didn't really do that, though. But, um, yeah, so welcome. You know, it's another episode of Magic with Zuby today. And how are you all doing? I am doing fine. You know, I've been prepping my voice for tonight's episode that I'm recording. I'm recording Wednesday night. And... I spent almost a whole hour just singing before recording because I wanted to. I've actually I'm actually working on another song for the show. Um, I had a crap ton of fun doing the "Be Prepared" with Nicol Bolas and all that. That was just so much fun to do. I had a blast, and I'm my second song is I'm having trouble with the lyrics because I want the lyrics to be a little bit better. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it's just more of trying to get things that rhyme, make it sound correct. And it's, it's going to be based off magic, the gathering, of course, but I cannot wait to do that song. It's, it's, I need more time than anything actually to really sit down and just punch out the lyrics. It's, I've only been doing it a little bit here and there when I get the mood that strikes, you know, because if I force myself to do it, it's not going to be as good as I want it to be. So what do we got to talk about tonight? We've got my intro where I talk about random stuff. And then the main topics for tonight are the card stock quality is terrible in Magic the Gathering. What the fuck is Wizards doing now when it comes to FNM? Modern Pro Tour and possibly Legacy, but also Star City Games colluding with Wizards and boosting the shit out of Legacy prices now. And then to end it off with, we're going to be talking about some Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to be talking a little bit about how the D&D Beyond pricing has been announced. And maybe possibly if I get to it, a little bit about so you want to DM a D&D game or any kind of tabletop RPG in general. So, all right, let's get, let's get, let's start off this episode. All right, we got it here. We got it. All right. So to start it off here, if you see me on Twitter, especially my at Zubatron account, you know that I've been playing the game Mega Man Legacy Collection on PS4. I decided to pick that up on the PS4 because I have the Mega Man Anniversary Collection on GameCube, but I hate the GameCube controllers so much just for playing Mega Man because it doesn't feel right. And people who have played the original Mega Man games on NES probably know what I'm talking about. The D-pad on a GameCube controller is terrible. But the D-pad on a PS4 controller is really, really nice. So I picked that up for less than 20 bucks uh, about a month ago. And I've been powering through the games. I'm on Mega Man 5 now. I beat Mega Man 4. And now I'm on Mega Man 5. Why am I talking about this exactly? But So the past weekend... They released a Mega Man Maker akin to Mario Maker, and it's called Mega Maker, and you can find it, just Google it or whatever, and Mega Maker is essentially a Mega Man Maker. You make your own levels and play other people's levels and build your own and all that, and it's just a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and I recommend anybody who is a fan of Mega Man to check this out. It is a completely free program. The one downside of it, at least for me personally, there are not enough enemies in the game yet to be able to put in. And there, you don't have all the robot masters as well. From They're only doing the first six games. I doubt that they're going to do Mega Man 7 and 8 because those graphics are obviously way different. These are all the 8-bit NES cl- uh, graphics. So maybe they'll bring in the 9 and 10 bad guys as well since 9 and 10 go back to the 8-bit era. We'll just have to wait and see. So I've been having a ton of fun with that. It's been, it's been a blast playing that game and I'm getting more into it and I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. So I just want to bring that up. If you are a fan of Mega Man, get that Mega Maker. It's only for PC right now. I, and if you have a Mac, I'm sorry, you know, just destroy it and get yourself a real computer. Ha ha. Boom. There you go. Um, so, Hour of Devastation is officially out. And I gotta say, this set does not like me very much. I have opened up two boxes 
a bundle. I've got another bundle on the way. Thanks to legit MTG. Thank you guys. You're awesome. And I've opened up the two planeswalker decks. I have opened up nothing but trash pretty much. It's been all terrible. And yeah, I, I don't even know. I've opened up. I mean, the mythics I've opened up have all been crap. I mean, yeah, I did get all three gods, and then I got I did get an invocation capsize, but I am looking to get rid of that ASAP because I don't give two shits about invocations to begin with. I, I'm as soon as I see one, like, oh cool, free money, get rid of it. Awesome. Yeah, the art's cool. Yeah, whoop de doo. I don't I don't care. I'm not I I'm not the target audience for those invocations expeditions or masterpieces because as soon as i get one i'm like ooh, okay now i can trade it for the cards that i do want and need awesome so there's my wife opening the door right behind me that just distracted me for a second and lost my train of thought but um the product that i've opened up for hour of devastation have has been really terrible and um it's yeah i'm not even talking about the quality of the cards i'm just saying the the rares that I've gotten and the cars I've gotten just all been bad. And I know, I know, um, I can already hear the people, my two two to three listeners saying, no, you should be buying the singles that you need, not relying on sealed product. I get it. All right. I get it. I understand that. But it doesn't mean that I can't be disappointed that I opened up jack shit. All right. I mean, come on. It's it's annoying. But yeah, that that's like I said, I don't plan on opening up any more sealed product unless I draft, which I doubt. I mean, if I do decide to draft, I'm not even sure if I will. Um, yes, you can pour me another drink, Elizabeth, while I'm recording this podcast. You know, well, let's just all wait for her to pour it. <laughs> this is kind of, this, I'm, yeah, I'm not even editing this out. <laughs> you want to say hi to the people? You want, you want to talk, you know, I should actually ask you some questions if you want, like how I wanted to interview you. You you want to go right now? Right yeah. Why not? Okay. So, um, here or pull up your chair, pull up a chair. <laughs> the Zuby room proudly presents Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Z- <laughs> the Zuby pull up your chair. Come on. Come on. You know, it's. You know, I've never even had you on my podcast before, except for, what, one skit, I think? You know, why not? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. So, um, yeah. So, this whole podcast has completely changed now since with my wife now. Here, let's get you up closer here. All right. You got you to get closer. Got to get closer to the mic. All right. So, how you doing? I'm doing. Just doing? You gotta... I'm doing. All right. So, you want to tell everybody what we're doing next week? Going to Disney. Oh, yeah. We're going to Disney. It's going to be amazingly exciting. For glorious days. Got to talk louder into the mic. And actually, like, put your face near the mic. I can't pull it. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Technical difficulties here, people. Okay. So, how you doing? <laughs> so, um, you know, you and I were actually talking. Um, there's been this whole big hubbub going around. Um, 
just on a few. Well, I mean, it's always been it's always been an issue in the magic community about women in competitive magic gaming and then women in general, because there's a lot of market research that goes on. And while we don't know the exact data and the numbers that Wizards does, but they do have come out and said that there's what about 30 to 40 percent of all magic players are female. And that's not that's not talking about in the competitive or sanctioned settings. We're just talking about players in general, because they say there's about what over 20 million players, I think, worldwide and that, you know, 30 to 40 percent are female. And um, so a lot of the big hubbub that goes around in Magic is, you know, why don't we see those kind of, we we don't see that representation in the competitive field or in the judging field, or even when you go to a local game store for Friday Night Magic, you don't see as many females. And I wanted to actually have a female's perspective on that as to why do you think there's not that many females that show up to competitive Magic events? First of all, um, when you're a girl and you're surrounded by a bunch of dudes, what is the first thing that they're going to think of? They're not going to look at you as a competitive player. They're going to look at you as a piece of meat, first off, because most of these people that have been playing magic or are playing magic are more of the closet type, (laughs) I guess. And when you see a girl walk in, you know... First thing you're going to think of is, damn, you know, it's a girl. Then second thing is, can she even play? And then, you know, it, it, it just to even go is awkward enough because you're like, am I good enough? Is he going to think I'm good enough? And you're always thinking of, you know, he because you're never going to run across another girl like you. At least that's what I think when I go into a magic store or something like that is I don't like to be the only one. So, so what do you think can be done, I guess, at least at a local level to try to appease that to where you, you would feel more comfortable going into a store? Um, maybe target women in general, like, How? you know, advertise, you know, girls and women or something like that, you know, make it more girl friendly, have more, I don't know. Well, because the game shop that I go to now and the one that we played um, the board games at, how do you feel about that one? Do you feel comfortable? I love it. Because when you first walk in, you see board games, and then you see magic, and then you see all these tables, and then you see families, which is rare. Like, I rarely see families sitting down, playing, and actually laughing. There was another family that was just playing cards, and there was like eight of them and they were just laughing and it was just one of those you know moments where I was looking at my kids and they were laughing too so it made me feel well that that one day where we were playing board games we had that family that came in and actually sat down and played D&D that yeah, day too yeah there was another one that they played D&D I liked I just like the I don't so know. I'm not going to name names here but the other shop I used to go to which you've been to a bunch of times. How did that one make you feel? Um, and and be honest here. I mean, you're. I was extremely awkward. I didn't know really who to talk to. There wasn't anybody in the front until I walked in, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? Um, are you looking for anything in particular?" And until I mentioned my husband's name, it was like they ignored me. 
Oh, but as soon as you mentioned my name, they became instantly friendly to you? Yeah, like super friendly, like, oh, you're Zuby's wife? Okay, cool. You know, and they were more apt to talk to me. But when I first walked in, I was just kind of, it was just very, everybody stared at me and then they went right back to what they were doing. So from what you're saying here, that maybe a lot of the problems, at least at a local level, are just more of a atmosphere type issue where you were depending on the store you don't feel comfortable now the store that we've gone to before and played the board games at would you feel comfortable going to fnm with me probably because there's more likely to be more females or there more, not necessarily more females but more um even kids i mean you know i'm a mom well, so there's not i mean there there are younger people there but not that much younger they're usually when i've gone it's usually people around our age and you know younger 20 somethings so would you feel more comfortable in that aspect yeah so okay so let's take that that you feel you find a good store that you want to go to and you want to take it to the next level of competitiveness um, so what do you think are some of the barriers that you would face as a woman if you want to take it to the next level and go to like bigger tournaments, you know, would you, would you think you'd face some of the same barriers that you mentioned yeah, it's before? It's very sexist. It's very, you know, it's not female friendly. You're a piece of meat. That's what you look. They look at you like you're a piece of meat. They really do. Whether you're big, small, whether you're cute, whether it doesn't matter. Females' presence make men uncomfortable in a competitive atmosphere. Is that's okay. how I feel? And when you sit down, they're automatically like gonna be like, "Oh, well, she's not gonna want to play very well, or she doesn't play very well." Or, I mean, I, I'm not speaking for every guy, but I mean, <laughs> no, I, I can understand. What and you I'm not mean. speaking for every woman either, because yeah. you know, I I don't know how other people would feel. I just know how I feel. And okay. when I go in and all eyes are on me because I'm the only girl, then when you're trying to sit there and play and you see stares from other people on the other tables that are playing with other people, it's like, for real? Okay. No, I, I guess I can understand that. It would be very uncomfortable. Uh, you have to watch what you wear because you don't want to wear a low-cutting shirt. You don't want to bring attention to yourself. You don't want, you know, pe- it's just awkward. So... I don't know how, what. How do you? I I mean I know there's no easy way to fix that because I I mean the the one thing that gets me about all this talk about why aren't there more women playing or why aren't there more women in competitive gaming is they want to at least from what I've seen a lot of people will argue and go to wizards and say hey we need to do something to get more women playing in Magic when I feel like it's not wizards issue at all because according to wizards as a company and if you look at the rules there is nothing that bars women from playing that there's nothing that bars women from being able to play at the top tier of competitiveness so from everything that i've heard and from what it sounds like from you is a lot of it has to do with the i guess i don't know how you how you go about i guess um more at a local level to where you feel completely uncomfortable if you were to go into that competitive atmosphere. 
it would be like I wouldn't even want to try because I wouldn't feel good enough because when you're sitting and you're playing and you know you never know if they're going to get mad if they're going to get you know be professional unprofessional it's just nerve-wracking just sitting down in front of a guy that you've never met or anything like that you know it's like those three minute you know speed dates you don't know this dude but it's not whoa, whoa, really. What do you mean speed dates? What have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing? No, it's just, <laughs> it's awkward when you're sitting there looking at this guy and he's like, let's do this. And, you know, you're playing. And then, you know, if you beat him, he's like, oh, well, did she beat me or did she cheat or do I have to recheck her? I don't want to be that woman that is really good at what I do. I know I'm good at what I do. And then somebody tell me that I'm not because I'm a female. Okay. Do you see? I, mean, I can be just as good as you, but they would question me over you because you're male and I'm female. So maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I'm not good enough. You see what I'm saying? It it makes you double. It just makes you double check what you do and how yeah. you act. And well, I mean, I can understand, but I guess I I I would just never really come across that. You don't have tits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that should I not say that? <laughs> no, you can fucking say that. Just you know, we won't get derogatory or anything. No, you just don't have you know. Yeah, you're no, not I'm, a I'm female. Not... You don't know how to feel. You don't know how a female feels. But I don't know how other females feel either. I just know how I feel. And well, no, the the other times I've had females on the show, I mean, they they've all mentioned something similar to where. It feels like a lot of it has to do with the local level and that a lot of the shoulder of responsibility should fall on the owner of the shop to make it feel welcoming for I just fucked up the mic or something should make it feel welcoming for women. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, you know, there should be more. Maybe they should have a magic only night that's just for females and then they have a male only night and then they have like a co-ed. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not like that, but more, you know, targeting females more. Not, I don't know how to say targeting or how to market it, but more well, along well, no, the lines I, of, I understand. Like, I love the pink from. dice. The pink dice that my husband got me are amazing. <laughs> yeah, freaking, they're really nice. You wouldn't let me use them when I was DMing the other night. No, because they were boss. Yeah, freaking. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I mentioned that on last week's episode. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like I said, I'm never going to truly understand what you go through. And, um, you know, when you go to those type of events, I mean, I'm just glad the game store I go to right now, you feel comfortable actually coming. Yeah, I want to bring my kids. I want to sit there and I hang out. I don't want to, you know, as soon as I go into one of those game stores with you, I want to bolt because I feel everybody staring at me and, you know, most of them. 99.99% of the time is male, which is not the owner's fault. It's more, you know. Yeah. Well, and I guess I agree about advertising too, because hell, I even mentioned that on one of my earliest episodes that if, that if you want more women playing, then the shop owners need to be advertising for such have women only nights if they want, or if they want, you know, more diversity in the crowds, advertise more for it. It's, <clears throat> I feel like Wizards does everything they can as a company, but as a company, they should not interfere with how stores are running 
their business in terms as long as those businesses aren't making like putting a bad name to magic if that makes sense yeah it's more like they should be free to run their business how they want and if because i I know i've been to game stores where there's nothing but males and they're all you know dregs of society pretty much mutants and stuff and you know they they're just not the greatest places to be you will have the best sales i mean what do women love to do shop if you have stuff there that's appealing to them, like, you know, female shirts that have the magic logo or, you know, have more of the, you know, glittery dice or, you know, have sparkly magic. I, I don't know. Not all females are sparkly and rah-rah, but like if you. I had sparkly, those little leaf cover things that cover your cards, I would buy all. <laughs> I would buy every color because I like flashy, sparkly, but I also like to play the game. I like to, you know, be a part, but I want to have my own. Yeah. You know. Oh no. Um I don't I can't think of anything else. I like I, said, I just really wanted your opinion on it since it started coming up and that um oh, there was one other thing. There was some talk of so a magic judge, you know what a magic judge is, right? Mm-mm. So a magic judge is when you go to a um, higher level competitive event, there are judges there that like if you're unsure of how a rules interaction goes, like, hey, I'm not sure how this card interacts <laughs> with this card. You would have a judge and they'd be able to tell you, oh, OK, this card interacts with this this way. And so there was an article going around talking about how they need to get more women into magic judging. So what can they do for that? You know, some of them are saying, oh, there needs to be more incentives for women to get in there. Um, You know, we need to... Honestly, honestly, let me just put it out there. You got to do what you want to do. Most women are not going to want to be magic judges. They're going to want to play the game. You know what I'm saying? Just to get into the game. To be a magic judge, you're not playing the game. Are you? No, you're just you're, learning all the rules for it. Exactly. So, I mean, I can't really say anything upon that. I don't know really that much about the whole competitive at that level. But, you know, being a female, I mean, you want to inspire them to be anything they can want to be. So, I mean, if you want to be a judge, be a judge. If you don't, don't. But to get, to say to how are you going to bring more people and more females to be a judge? It's kind of like, I mean, how do you, how, how do men become a judge? It's like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess from the article I'm talking about it, the thing that got me was it's going to be, well, either women are going to want to be a judge or not. It's how do you, how do you make more women become judges? Yes. You can make the judge program more um, welcoming, to women yes of course there's always that and then there's also but how is it not well i think a lot of it has to deal with that you're that women and even even male judges are gonna have to deal with um assholes that if you're that if you're judging a a call that is in favor of one player and the other player gets mad are you gonna want to deal with that are, are you gonna be able to handle that kind of confrontation because i've seen it firsthand that you know judges okay okay let me ask you a question what 
um, field do you think is almost 85% female? Teachers. Teachers judge. Teachers grade. So how can you say that they're not going to be fair or they're not going to be well, able to no, handle the pressure because no, 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 when you're it's, judging... It's can they handle all the confrontation. Of course they can. They're just... Not saying they can't, but... Females are just as strong as men, but are they going to want to deal with it? Probably not. Nobody and, wants to deal with assholes. And the, only, and the other thing is most of the time they don't really get paid or they get paid very little for doing no, it. No, no. I'm not going to And that's have a just job. across the board. That's not like a female male thing. Yeah, I'm not going to want to have a job that's not going to pay me what I'm worth for what I'm yeah. doing if I'm intelligent enough to do the job. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, and it's also a volunteer program. It's not. Oh, then <laughs> why are you asking me these questions then? <laughs> well, no, it was just an article that got brought up and it was just one of those. To me, the answer is women are going to want to do it or not. But then you brought up a lot of other good points that, how you said earlier, like when you go into a game store and it's not very welcoming or friendly and that you're the only female there, you're going to feel very uncomfortable. But it's also not our fault that we're the only female there. I mean, it's really not, it's not anybody's fault that we're the only well, female I, there. Well, I would but blame the shop owner I mean, I would anything. want somebody to target females a little bit better. Like I said, sparkly, more pink, maybe more... <laughs> Um, marbly, more attractive types of, you know, you want females, um, show them sparkles. <laughs> That's sexist. <laughs> How dare you? No. I am offended. I'm going to write my senator a letter. No. <laughs> I know not all females are sparkly, but, you know. My wife is very sparkly. I love everything sparkly <laughs> and All pink right. and rainbows. <laughs> so I think a lot of the bottom line here is that we can at least agree upon is the local game stores need to do a better job. Yes. They need to do a better job making feel welcome, not just to women, but to kids as well. Yes. To little girls that like, I love Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I love everything about the Pokemon game. However, there's not enough Pokemon for adults that are, you know, like Especially me. around here. There's really not any places to play Pokemon. I feel weird playing with a child. Yeah. Well, how do you think I feel like when I go <laughs> get paired up against, you know, a seven, eight-year-old in Magic and I'm just like, oh, wow. oh God. <laughs> well, no, I mean, even that's kind of weird and awkward because one, you know, I'll go really easy on the kid and... You know, and two, They'll totally take advantage. <laughs> well, let's kick this old man's you, ass. <laughs> you, you know me. I don't. I, I I'm too you nice. You think of Zoe. <laughs> I know, little Zozo. But no, so I think we can agree that it's a local shop problem. That wizards. I mean, if they were to intervene, at least at the pro level, but it. It would be weird because they, it's not their responsibility because magic is magic. How much yeah. more magic-y can you be? I mean, how how can magic target women? I mean, it's not. The, the, it's they, yeah, universal. They can do, I like they, the I mean, fact they can that, do better in a marketing standpoint yeah, to target women. Yeah, but there's so many different but, I mean, female they're, they're, cards and female Oh, yeah, there's way care. more. I mean, look at all my bundle boxes. You don't see a single male on there except for the dragon. But, but it's, it's not. A, I like the fact that when magic does it, it's not 
over sexist. It's not over the top. It's, they make the women on the magic cards and the people that they target, like, super strong female characters, which is very inspiring for young girls because, I mean, yeah, that's always important for us. You know, having two girls, we want to make sure, you know, they have good role models. It's, um... You know, that's why they love Disney movies so much, because a lot of them have strong female role models. Like mm-hmm. Moana is a perfect example. Moana, the main character, she is a strong female. And she didn't need a man. No. And that's one of the things that we're always trying to instill in our girls, mm-hmm. that they don't need no man. Nope. <laughs> but it's nice to have one. <laughs> if you're into that thing. I mean, I know I'm ridiculously awesome, so. Sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. All right. No, guys, he's amazing. Don't let him fool you. He is amazing. I know. <laughs> no, but I want to thank you for coming on. I enjoyed this little chat. We need to do it again. It'll be awesome. Maybe yeah. I can have one of my own. Oh, what, your own episode? <laughs> your Well, you technically could because it is magic with Zuby, and you are Mrs. Zuby. Zuby! Yeah, you're a Zuby now, so, yeah. Now, 11 years. Oh, shit, it, that's right. It, it's so weird. Now. Well, well, no, we've been together for, what, 11, 11 years? years but it'll but be... we've been married for eight. We're going to be married for eight yeah. this December. And it's it's still weird, you know, because I can't believe it's been that many years. But, um, I mean, I still love this woman more Hell, I love her more than I did when I married her. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, I mean, she's okay in my book, but... Just okay. All right, it's 31 minutes into this now. I need to get on to my other topics. I'm probably not going to get to them all. So, I love you. Love you, too. So, I really enjoyed um that little conversation I had with my wife. Um, I might bring her on with the might bring her on the show some more um tell me what you all think and if you liked her or not um i think after that i've probably i'm probably down to two listeners now so my two listeners i know i know who you are you're my faithful listeners um (laughs) you can um send me what you think and if you want my wife on some more definitely let me know and hell we should we should do um probably just we should probably just do a whole episode just you and me talking about magic and D&D, especially D&D, because I know you've got some D&D stories. I love it. Yeah, she's got some D&D stories. She is probably a bigger D&D nerd than I am with her LARPing. This this woman used to LARP. I've never LARPed, and I've played a lot of tabletop RPGs, but I've never gotten to the level of LARPing, but she has. So anyways... um. Um, yeah, so I talked about Hour of De- Devastation product I opened, and I was going to talk about some standard decks, but forget that. We're already 30 minutes in the episode. So on to some of the main topics. Card stock quality is goddamn fucking terrible right now. Sorry for all that fucking cursing, but it, I'm serious. If I, Okay, so a lot of people have been saying that the card stock quality ever since Shadows Over in a Shard or Eldritch Moon has been bad. I have not personally experienced any from Shadows or Eldritch Moon. Kaladesh and Aether Revolt, I, I could notice the bending. 
Yes, but it was. It's not anywhere near as bad as Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation has been. The box and bundle that I opened up just three, four days ago, when I open up my bundle box and even um the cards I put in from the booster box into my one of my um was it one thousand count boxes or whatever. They're already all like there's a good portion of them that are warped and bent. And I'm usually, especially the rares and mythic rares and foils, I am pretty damn careful with. And half of them are bent and warped. And I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people online complaining about it. And they've been complaining about it for weeks now. And Wizards has been silent. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, Wizards will say something, but God damn, is it not frustrating as a person who purchases magic product to have your cards bend and warp like this? It's frustrating and it's a waste of money. That is probably the worst part of it all that it's some of these rares and foils are so bad that I'm just like, I'm ready to throw them out. I'm, I don't want to throw them out because I'm very stingy like that and sentimental but it's it's frustrating and it's really bad that wizards hasn't said anything i mean them not saying anything is almost as bad as saying something if not worse and something like this and i've seen some praise on it that you know wizards does try their best to be as transparent as possible and you know really try to be communicative with their players and yes they do try but i always go back to how blizzard is more communicative than wizards is blizzard wizards you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna get the two names confused so forgive me um so blizzard i've been a blizzard fanboy since i was a little kid with warcraft 2 and starcraft 1 and diablo 1 and 2 so pretty much i played those when they came out um, so when it comes to blizzard versus wizards, you know, it doesn't compare at all because I, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. It's just frustrating that they're not com communicating anything being like, Hey, not even a simple, you know, I would even fucking accept a simple wizard saying, Hey, we understand we're getting a lot of complaints about the cardstock quality and we're looking into it. You know, we'll be in touch. That at least says, "Hey, you know, we're looking into it. We're we're gonna we're we're trying to figure out where the problem lies." No, they don't even do that because you know what? Fuck them. I'm I'm sick of it. The these past two years of wizards just consistently fucking up magic has. It's getting to a point where it's like, what's the fucking point? You know, them consistently fucking up standard. I mean, standard at least now. God, well, no, we just had a fucking recent banning. We've had so many fucking bannings this year. Jesus Christ. Well, no, I've already gone over that one episode where I talked about the past two years of standard. And it's just frustrating. My 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 thoughts are like everywhere on this because this cardstock quality is terrible. Coincides with all the changes they're doing with FNM. So getting into the FNM changes they're doing or the in-store play evolves, whatever bullshit article they decide to really release on a Sunday. And no, we, we didn't mean for it to, you know, we're, we're not trying to keep it under the rug or anything, you know, fuck, 
fuck you guys. You guys are a bunch of bullshitters. Um, it's, I'm just sick of it, man. And it's, um, you know, them with not doing F and M promos. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. I, I give two shits about tokens. I like having tokens. Like if I have a deck and it's like token themed, I want all the tokens for it. Yeah, of course. Great. Um, if I have, if I build a deck and there's maybe one or two token generators, I usually use dice until I get the token or think about the token. Um, I'm not a big token person and you know, you know, if people who are happy about the double-sided foil tokens that you're going to be getting an FNM, great. That's awesome. But one of the things I don't like is it sounds like they're trying to make FNM not so competitive and they're trying to push the competitive players to standard showdown for those crappy showdown packs and make FNM more casual. I mean, FNM is pretty casual. It's as casual as you get. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't understand that. But another thing is they're now, they're not calling it game day. They're calling it what, like champion, like season champion or some crap. Um, store championship. Yeah. And it's going to be at the end of the season. And the Ixlaxon, Ixalan, or however the hell you fucking say that set name is going to be held December 30th and 31st. Who's going to fucking come to that? It's going to be New Year's Eve weekend. Who is going to go to that? Oh, there will be people there. Trust me. But not a lot. I'm certainly not going. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. You know what? Stop questioning me, bro. I don't know, man. Um, oh, and then how they're doing the whole foil lands for the standard showdown. And the lands are cool, but I don't give two shits about Rebecca Gway lands. I mean, they're basic lands. Whoop de doo, you know. It's yeah. I, I've always been type person. I'm not one for. I don't know. I just don't care about flashy shit. You know. I just want usable cards, and that goes back to the card stock quality. Stop bending my cards, wizards. Stop it. That's a bad wizard. Hit it with a stick. And it's it's frustrating, man. It's I don't know, but you know at least modern pro tours are coming back whether or not that's good or bad we'll see because the last modern pro tour eldrazi winter evolved from it and it was terrible for modern my poor legacy elves and grixis delver decks could not compete at all during that time i mean hell my elves deck at least competes better than my grixis delver deck right now my grixis delver deck is so out of the meta but you know i I look at modern for me as more of an eternal format where, you know, I'm going to keep playing Grixis Delver and I don't care. I love that deck. I love Grixis Delver. It's my favorite modern deck. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. And it is interesting that they're doing that team trios thing for the, what is it? The world magic cup or whatever, or no, the pro tour 25th anniversary. That's what they're doing it as. That um, it's going to be, there's going to be modern and legacy going on. That is going to be really cool. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that with them doing a team trios type thing with legacy now going to be in the event. Oh, look, Star City Games raised the prices of their dual lands for revised lands and all that the day before they announced this. 
Oh, no, that that doesn't seem like collusion or anything. Oh, it's just a coincidence. Just like it was a coincidence when they raised the prices right before Eternal Masters was announced. You know, cut the fucking bullshit, Star City Games. We know, we know you know, have insider information. I mean, come on. I know you guys can't admit it for the face of the company, but I mean, it's so fucking obvious. It's laughable that they'll play the whole, no, 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 we, we, we didn't know at all. We didn't know at all. And granted, I get it. They have to, to save face. I get it. But it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, everybody, everybody knows that you're lying. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, and even though I did take apart my legacy elves, like even though I didn't really take it apart, I just took some cards out of it for my elves EDH deck. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still willing to play legacy. If it, you know, starts coming back, I've only got my legacy elves deck one day. Eventually I'll get my Grixis Delver legacy deck done one day. I mean, I'm not holding my breath anytime soon, unless I come into some really good extra money. I've got way more important things to buy than stupid dual lands and force of wills and all that shit. Oh, God, you know, and that, that brings me to the reserve list. Why? Out of all the cards on the reserve list, just, just let the duels go. <clears throat> if they reprint the duels, yeah, people will lose their money on stupid fucking magic card investment, which is stupid, by the way, really fucking stupid. But um, it's, you know, out of all the cards, like, why not just reprint the duels? That That's all I want, wizards. And that would make so many people happy. Just reprint the duels. Don't even give them the same art. Give them shitty art, you know. And I, I just want the cards. I just want the legal cards. That's all I want. That's all I want, Wizards. Why can't you give me what I want? You know, you don't. You guys don't give me enough. And I just need more. Oh, God. This is going to be one crazy episode. If you guys have made it this far in the episode and not wanted to kill yourselves... <clears throat> Congratulations. You have won a new prize. Um, that's about it for magic with me. Uh, as far as standard goes right now, I have no idea what I want to play. I've been looking at like the standard list and a lot of the decks that are being played. I, none of them look interesting. I'm kind of tired of energy decks. I'm tired of the green, black energy. I'm tired of Jund. I'm tired of green, red energy. <clears throat> Um, I'm tired of emerge. I'm tired of zombies. And it's like, I want to keep playing standard, you know, because that as much as people will say, Oh, you know, standard sucks and such a small card pool and you don't get the most, you know, powerful cards and stuff. Yeah, man, we, we, we don't play, we don't play standard cause we're too cool for that. Now I enjoy standard because it's new fun decks. This hour of devastation has not made like any changes at all. And I'm not really blaming that. I'm just also like, it's just, none of it seems interesting. Yeah. There's that white blue monument that's going around that while the deck list is cool, I'm just, eh, meh. I could easily build it. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm still like, eh, eh, eh. you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm working on building Grixis control right now. Um, you want to hear about my list? Of course you do. This is a Magic the Gathering show. Um, at least mostly, anyway. 
Uh, let me pull it up. My Grixis list. Do 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 do. Do, 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 do. So I pretty much took the is it control list and swapped it around a little bit and added some Grixis to it. Uh, I've got two Abraid. Uh, Abraid is the instant where you choose one. Abraid deals three damage to target creature or destroy target artifact. I got three Sensor, four Disallow, two Essence Scatter, three Fatal Push, four Glimmer of Genius, three Harness Lightning, two Hieroglyphic... Hieroglyphic Illumination, 3 Negate, 2 Nicol Bolas God Pharaoh, 26 Lands, 3 Hour of Devastation, and 3 Torrential Gear Hulk. And seems pretty cool. I've not done any playtesting because I don't know what that means. Um, sideboard, Chandra Flamecaller, 2 Dispossess, 2 Dragon Master Outcast, 1 Essence Scatter, 1 Negate, 2 Sweltering Suns. Two transgress the mind, two unlicensed disintegration, and two Yehenny's expertise. You know, I'm surprised Yehenny's expertise doesn't see more play. That card, when I played in my green black energy deck, when I sideboarded that in, holy crap, that card is value. Let me tell you what. I'm just taking a sip of the old drink there. Um, yeah, so that's the deck I'm going to be playing. And you're going to like it. Actually, no, if you're playing against me, you're probably going to hate me. I mean, I love control, though. Oh, my favorite control deck is the blue-black dragons from Dragons of Tarkir. I know I've talked about it, but I just love it. I gush every time I think about it. Because, yeah, I, I loved it. I love it. I miss that deck. <sighs> I really do. I'd make you into a modern deck, but then I'd have to spend all the money on the fucking land. Fuck that. Um, all right, let's get into some Dungeons and Dragons while we're at it. Um, so Dungeon, so Wizards has announced the official pricing for D&D Beyond. And if you don't know what D&D Beyond is, D&D Beyond is sort of, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, the online version in a sense. Like here, let me see. If I go to the D&D Beyond website just right now let me sign into my account oh you log in with your twitch account okay that's right so if i sign in right now i can build a character i can look at campaigns i can look at homebrew content i can you know make some homebrew content whether it's like spells or items and stuff like that i can look at my character sheets i can look up spells items monsters all sorts of cool stuff. Mm, excuse me. Some dinner rumbling up in there. Um, yeah, I always like eating dinner than doing a podcast. So you can hear me bleh, 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 burp and shit. Um, so it's really, really cool. And it's, it's a neat little tool. And while there are better avenues out there than this, the one thing that they're trying to do with this D&D Beyond is make it really accessible for tablets and phones. Um, that's one thing that's really missing for a lot of the online D&D stuff that I've seen. So I want to talk about the pricing of it because, like I said, D&D Beyond is going to be for those people who maybe don't have the books or they want to be able to create characters really quick and they don't want to go, th go through reading the entire player's handbook and all it because 
especially if you're brand new to tabletop RPGs and you buy a player's handbook and just start reading it, it can be really, really daunting. You know, it's like, holy crap, I don't understand how to build a character, you know? Um, but the thing that I like with the D&D Beyond, they, there will be free basic accounts that you won't have to pay for anything. And with the basic account, you'll be able to build up to six characters and you'll be able to see free users will be able to create, use, and share their own homebrew content. But a paid account will be required to use and rate content created by other players. So that's still cool. So even a free account, you can build up to six characters. I'm assuming you can use those character sheets and print them out and all that. Then maybe when you're done with the characters with a campaign, you can delete them and then recreate more. You know, that's cool. That's awesome. You know, e even as something as basic, you're not interested in anything more and just want to really get into D&D &D as a first time player and learning how to build a character. This is perfect for you, you know, and then then eventually get a player's handbook or or just whatever. And, and or n not even get a player's handbook, but there's so many resources online that teaches you how to play the game. I mean, me personally, I like having the physical books and being able to open up a book and, you know, read through it and all that stuff. I'm that type of person that I like the physical, but someone who isn't and, you know, wants it to be able to use it on their tablet, the basic account is going to be more than enough. So when it comes to the subscription model, they have the hero tier subscription for $3 a month. You'll be able to make unlimited characters and use homebrew content from other users. So with the free account, you can create your own homebrew content, but you can't use others homebrew content if they don't share it out. Or I don't think I don't I think from what I'm saying, you can't just you can't use it all together. Um, so that's pretty cool for measly three bucks a month. If you're really hardcore into D&D &D and you want to make like a crap ton of characters, boom, that's going to be perfect for you. And you want to use homebrew content. Boom. Awesome. All right. For $6 a month, the master tier subscription unlocks the ability to share paid content with up to 12 other players across all of their games, as mentioned above. So what that means is the paid content includes the, you know, the Volo's guide, the pre-made adventure modules, the, you know, player's handbook, dungeon master's guide. If you purchase those with that $6 a month tier subscription, you can share those books out to your other players, which that is pretty cool. But that also brings up one thing I don't like, and that is you have to rebuy those campaign modules, the, you know, monster manual books, the Volo's guide. If, if you already have a physical copy and you want it on your D and D beyond account, you'll have to rebuy it. Granted, it may be cheaper than the physical copy, but it's still that sucks. And I understand why wizards is doing that because, you know, it, you could tie a serial number to a book, and then when you register it, oh, no one else can register that book, you know, but that still kind of sucks. You know what I mean? It, but I get it. I understand. I don't like it. I personally won't be buying any of the books or anything again on the D and D beyond, but that is a, that is cool that you have that option. Like I said, that's for people who don't like physical copies. I do. So this isn't for me, but for the people out there that this is for awesome. It's great that they have this. Um, 
So yeah, they just mentioned some of the prices for the books and they mentioned free accounts can purchase these supplements, meaning the adventure modules or the books as well. And no content will be lost if your paid subscription lapses. That is really good to know too, because as we all know, like, like, wow, I'm playing World of Warcraft right now. Yeah. Oh God, I can't believe it. So when my subscription lapses or I decide not to pay for it again, you know, all my stuff is still going to be there the next time I go to it. The same thing for D&D Beyond. If you decide to stop paying the $3 a month, the $6 a month, maybe it's getting to be too much for you, you know, and you just need to cut down cost and you cut this out. Boom. You're going to have your content back as soon as you can subscribe again, which is cool. So a lot of the things that I like about the D&D Beyond and I, I haven't tried, I don't know if it's even out on tablet or phone yet but one of the things that i like is it's going to be a lot quicker to build characters now and for for someone like me that already knows how to build characters and all that and really enjoys doing it even that manual process this will be good where say i join a campaign online and oh crap i forgot to build a character i can build one really quick this is what this will be perfect for so to end off with that little segment i'm pretty excited about DD beyond i can't wait to see it get some more. I mean, I know it's Wizards of the Coast, so it's hard to expect, you know, what exact what exactly is going to come from it since it is digital. Oh man. But um I think I don't think Wizards is the ones who are actually um designing it. I think it's all Curse is designing it and all that. So, at least Curse is pretty well known for being good at at least programming shit, so I'll have to wait and see. So the last topic I wanted to talk about tonight was, so you want to DM D&D or even any RPG in general. It doesn't have to be D&D, but so you've got the whole bug of, all right, I want to DM a game. What do I need to do? All right, so I guess if we're going to be sticking with D&D in general, let's just stick with D&D in general. We can use these sort of tips as for other games too. So one of the first things I would recommend before even getting into your story, your, your campaign, what do you want it to be is what do you want from the game? Um, you know, I, I would try to establish some clear boundaries that you want from the game and for what you want from your players. Um, when I started DMing um, again here and it's been, oh God like seven or eight years. No, no, no. Maybe about five years since I've DM'd a tabletop RPG is I, the first thing I did was I wrote some rules down rules down for my players and I will gladly read them. Where are they? Um, rules. And I wrote them down because it's, you know, being an adult and having limited time, I want to actually play the game, you know? So these are my rules for playing with me if I'm the DM. Um, and, you know, everybody's different. You know, if you're a different kind of person, great, awesome. So rule number one, be respectful to each other and be kind. Really simple, right? Not always. Because, you know, people can be assholes and people will be assholes. But that's my first thing. If you're not respectful or kind, get out the door. Number two, avoid derogatory jokes involving rape of any kind. 
And we all know those kind of players that as soon as they get into a town and, you know, like, oh, hey, let's murder, rape and pillage and all that. And it's just like, come on. It's I get it. I I was 18, 19 once, too. And I thought it was all funny doing that shit, you know, too. But, you know, get growing older. You're like, come on, it's stupid. All right. Stop doing those stupid kind of jokes and let's focus on the game. All right. Um, and that number three is a another big one that this happens a lot with a lot of people. And like I say, I make it a point since we have limited time for the session, we need to focus on the game. All right. So my rule number three, keep the out of game chatter down to a minimum. We're all here to play a game. So let's play it. You know, and I don't mind some out of game chatter like, hey, if someone cracks a really funny joke, okay, haha, that's awesome. You know, that's great. I don't mind. I'm not saying like you have to role play 100% of the time, but when the out of game chatter gets a little bit too much and gets out of control, me as a DM, I will step in and be like, hey guys, come on, let, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. All right. Or you, you just sort of take control. Um, number four. If you cannot make it to a session, please let me know ahead of time so we aren't waiting for you. I feel like that's more just common courtesy than anything. Uh, number five, come prepared to have fun. You know, I get it. Maybe the day of your session, you had a really bad day and you're just not in a good mood. You know, just try to forget about everything that happened that day and just come and have some fun. We're playing some D&D. We're role playing. We're going to be looting some dungeons we're going to be killing some demons and whatever the hell we may be doing all right and then my last rule rule number six this is more of a personal thing you don't have to do this at all for me this just makes the gameplay quicker and smoother is experience will typically be dished out at the end of each session this is to keep the story flowing and if you happen to level up at the end of a session you can do so at your own leisure instead of holding up everyone else We've all been in those kind of games where you just get done with a battle and you're only an hour into the game and then, oh, I leveled up. And then they have to spend all that time, you know, leveling up and getting their new spells and new stats and all that. And that just gets annoying. So those are my rules for playing. So like I said, that's one of the first things you want to do as a DM is establish the boundaries, establish the rules between you and your players. Next thing that I would recommend doing is learning the rules. And I don't mean you have to be a rules lawyer and know every single rule that is made for D&D. No, but have a clear understanding of the basic rules of how combat works, how, you know, doing ability checks work, how um, just role playing in general works. Now, just like what the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide says repeatedly is you don't have to follow these rules to a T, but they are there to help you and guide you in you, in case you come across a scenario and you're not quite sure how to do it. When you DM, you will come across those scenarios where someone will be like, one of your players will be, hey, can I do this? And you're like, um, I don't know. Can you do this? Uh, let, let me check the rule book real quick. And, you know, and that's why I say know the basics of the rules, know the rules, because like I said, don't bother memorizing every rule because one that's, it, it's not, some, some people may like to play strictly by the rules, but me, I'm a little bit more laxed 
and where I'll play by the rules. I'll definitely play by the rules, but if something like a weird situation arises and, you know, you're not quite sure how the rules go, you'll be like, "Uh, roll a D20. You know, I'll make it a difficulty check of 17 and they roll an 18. Okay, you did it. Awesome. Great. You know, whatever it may be. So learning the rules is definitely really important. At least the basic rules. I, I would learn. I would definitely read up on those. Um, some of the rules seem a little bit um, cumbersome, I guess is the right word I'm thinking of. And you, like I said, you don't have to follow them to a T. And if there's any rules that you're going to be changing, I would definitely communicate that to your party, to your, um, not to your party, to your players. <laughs> and um, let them know, like, if there's a specific rule and it may look like a major rule, just be like, hey, guys, I don't like this rule, so we're just going to ignore it. A lot of a lot of the rules that I see get ignored is maybe um, we don't keep track of ammo or we don't keep track of weight or stuff like that. You know, I and just me personally, I don't keep track of weight too much for the characters, but I'm not going to say, oh, hey, they can carry, you know, a giant ogre on their back and, you know, not be, you know, weighed down or anything like that, you know. Within reason, I don't want them to worry about weight and calculate weight because that just slows the game down and it's unnecessary. So one of the mistakes a new DM can make, and we're all guilty of this, is you put too much detail into your campaigns. And I don't mean detail as in the world building. The world building, that's fine. Put as much lore as you want into the game. That's awesome. But I mean, when you're actually planning your sessions out, don't try to railroad your players unless it's necessary for them to get to a certain point. And then you'd be like, okay, now it's wide open and you guys do whatever you want. Um, Because as soon as you try to 100% dictate what the party does and where the party goes. You're going to have someone that's going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this instead. I have played with DMS where they will purposely railroad you. And no matter what you do or decide, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, um, well, instead of going down the road to get to the castle, you know, okay, let's just say, the DM wants to, wants you to go down the road to get, get to a castle. And the party's like, no, we don't want to do that. We want to, you know, go back to the tavern or whatever. And the DM could do something like, okay, well, you start walking down towards the tavern. And, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden you're you're teleported to the castle now. You know, that that's a sort of an example of railroading where you're taking away the freedom of the players. And it's more perceived freedom. Um one of the things I always like doing as a DM is giving the players a perceived sense of freedom where, you know, you guys, I've got a story laid out, but if you guys don't want to follow it, you don't have to, you know, it's like, I will definitely try my best to try to keep my story interesting and give them hooks and want to follow it. But if they decide, Hey, you know, we're, we don't want to do this. We're going to go here. Okay. I'm going to randomly come up with something and, I'll try and weave a story out of that or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's 
it, it, I've done it before many times and it, while it may be frustrating, especially as a new DM where, you know, you may have worked hard on this story, um, you know, just suck it up and deal with it. I mean, your players are, your players are the authors of the game. You're just the narrator. You're the one who sets the stage and they're the actors who play in it. They're the ones who come up with the play, who make the play come alive. So one of the things, like when I'm writing out my campaigns, I like to give a general sense of what this part in the campaign will happen, um, what monsters or encounters they may meet, what NPCs they may meet, what treasure they may find, and what may happen. Um, the last D&D session we had, I know I already explained it, I was not planning on them forever going to a dungeon. I had that dungeon planned. I actually, I didn't even have that dungeon planned. It was just spur of the moment. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do this because the, what, what happened in the game when my wife charmed the bad guy and sent the bad guy off, I'm like, um, well, shit, I wasn't planning on that, but okay, well, let's keep going. And then when they charm the bad guy away, you know, one of the party members is like, well, now we got to chase that bad guy down because that bad guy may bring other people with them and cause havoc on our lives. So they did the smart thing by chasing him down and try to find him, and they chase him to a dungeon. You know, I did not have any of that planned at all. I had other stuff planned that I wanted them to do, but like I said, they decided to go their own way and that's going to happen. The worst thing you can do as a DM is try to railroad people. People do not like that. Like I said, they want that perceived sense of freedom. Best way, as I said before, you are the narrator. You are the director of the play. You know, your actors are going to make it come to life. And that 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 is hard as a new DM because you may have this brilliant story you want to do, but your players are going to have different ideas and your players are always going to one up you. Your players are always going to, you know, put an angle in front of you that you didn't think of when creating that part of the campaign. You may have thought of every angle um, of, you know, Oh man, if they try to do this, you know, I'm going to make sure that this can't happen, but they're always going to be like, Oh, well, what, a, you know, I'm going to do this instead. And you're going to be like, Oh shit. Damn. I didn't even think of that because they're looking at it from outside the box and you're inside the box and you're married to it. They're not. And, um, it's, it's one of the best things about DMing is when your players pull one on you and you're really impressed and happy with the way they did it. And it's, it's always a really good feeling as a DM when that happens. Um, so what are some other things that you should know if you want to DM D and D, um, have thick skin. Because you are going to have players that just may not like how you DM and always be open to criticism. One of the things I try to do at the end of each session is ask, hey, so did you guys like the story? Is there anything different I could be doing? Is, you know, is something I'm not doing something fast enough or I'm not doing something, you know, better. Uh, one of the things I've changed and now that I'm playing online at, during our first session, I was trying to look through all the spells in the book. And all that stuff. But when I found a few online resources where I could just quickly look up a spell, boom, it went by so much quicker when they were trying to cast spells. And when I was trying to look up monsters and all that, oh, it went by so much smoother, much better. 
And, um, you know, there, there's that. Um, if you're just playing pen and paper and you just have access to the books, you know, put little sticky notes on certain pages that you may have to refer to a bunch of times. I see a lot of people doing that. I personally don't like doing that because I like keeping my books pristine, but I'm, I'm usually pretty quick of what pages I want to be able to find. It's just, I, I like keeping my books perfect looking. It's kind of an, it's annoying of me, I guess, but it's, yeah, it's what I do. I don't like using little sticky notes. I'll use bookmarks, but not little sticky notes, but I see other people doing that. So you, you may like doing that. I don't know. Not me though. Um, what are some other stuff? Um, I covered a lot of the big points that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, is there anything I'm missing? I feel like those are some of the big things, you know, establish clear boundaries, learn the rules of the game, you know, communicate with your players what you expect of them. And also, you know, ask your players, you know, hey, what can I do better as a DM? You know, and don't railroad your players. I mean, unless you're specifically playing a, a pre-made module, you know, Horde of the Dragon Queen or Lost Minds of Fandelver, and, you know, just learn those books and just open it up a little bit maybe you know just it's it's a growing it's a growing learning experience and you know you'll grow as a dm as you do it more um you know and it's it's just a lot of fun i love dming i love being a player but if i had to choose i'd rather dm than play but i still like being a player though that's fun too so that is about it for magic with zuby I really hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I had a lot of fun making it. Um, really, really enjoyed having my wife on. That was fun. Um, I think I want to do that again with her. And um, yeah, so you can find Magic Wazubi on Twitter at Magic Wazubi and also Facebook.com slash Magic Wazubi. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, the Guna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com and PodcastRadioNetwork.net every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern. And anything else I'm missing? Probably. I'm probably missing a lot, but I can't think of it. So if you enjoyed the episode, send me an email, mtgzubi at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, good or bad. I don't really care. Um, I enjoy hearing from everybody. Thanks to everybody who's ever sent me emails, you know, written me messages. I do see it, even if I don't respond right away. I do appreciate any everybody who listens. It's I really do. I talk a lot of shit. I I talk a lot of shit like I've only got two listeners or whatever it's it's just me being stupid but like I said everyone who listens I really appreciate you all I know I'm really critical of wizards it's only because I love this fucking game magic the gathering right I love it and it's it's like a baby almost where you got to protect it and you don't want the bad people to you know, ruin your baby or steal your baby. You know what I mean? That's why I'm so critical of it. I love the game. All right. I don't hate it. I hate the direction of where it's going or where it has gone in the past two years. Yes. I've mentioned that many times, but I don't hate the game. I love it and I'll continue playing it. It's just like anything. There's ups and downs, just like any relationship you'll ever have with anything. There's ups and downs right now. We're in a down period with magic, the gathering, and I hope there is an upswing. Hopefully pirates and dinosaurs can fix that in a few months, but we shall see. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I love you all and have a great night. All right, everybody. Here I'm like a